everybody. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Name is Pastor Rich, lead pastor here at Grace Point Church, and I want to welcome everyone here this morning. Also, our guests, thank you for coming out again. There's a lot of places you could have came, but you came out here to worship, so we really appreciate you being here. You had a special time. This series we're going to start called Pay It Forward. We got done with our series last week of You'll Get Through This. How many enjoyed You'll Get Through This? Okay, so we're done with it now, so we're going to go pay it forward, okay? And really, we're going to talk, for, uh, for four weeks, we're going to talk about finances. Ooh, yay, two yays and oohs. <laughs> going to talk about money. Now, the ones who are excited about the money are the ones who give. The ones who don't give, they always say, you always want our money. Yes, we do. But really, no, we're going to talk about the heart of giving. And you're going to hear something completely different of what we call, what we do every year when we talk about finances. We're really talking about your heart. And this series, that's what we want to do today. And what we got this word, this uh, title from Pay It Forward. How many remember the movie in 2000 about Pay It Forward? How many loved that movie? How many guys cried at the end? None of the guys raised your hand. You know you're lying. You know you cried. You told your wife there was something in your eye. We love little Trevor, didn't make it through the movie. It's about uh, a young boy attempting and was challenged to bring change to the world. And his teacher gave him permission to do it. And he came up with this elaborate plan. And when he announced the plan in the school, he had a couple, he had a couple responses. That's stupid. That's never going to work. Really doesn't make any sense. And one, said, one person said the truth. That's hard. And what she meant was it's hard to pay it forward because we've become such a society of mine and mine and mine. How many got little kids? And you want them to share. They have a toy and their sister wants the toy. And what do they say when their sister's, can I have the toy? What do they say? No, mine, mine, mine. So when we grow up as adults, we go, mine, mine, mine. And that's what happens. But when it's pay it forward, when we talk about that, it makes it kind of hard. And what it is, one of the catchphrases in the movie was this. When someone does you a big favor, don't pay it back. Pay it forward. When someone does you a big favor, don't pay it back. Pay it forward. Let me give you an example. I got a gift this week. So... Trevor's plan was that who's received something will pay it forward to three people who in turn will pay it forward to three people who in turn will pay it, pay it forward to three people. And they thought it was crazy. But I got a gift and I broke it up into three items. And I'm going to give them out to someone here and I want you to take it home, think about it. I'm not going to tell you what's in here. And then come up with three people that you can pay it forward to. Don't look at me. It's not taxes. <laughs> I'm not asking for it back. can't hear you know I'm hard of hearing you heard that from the last series 
I got, oh, I got to do a college student. I got to do a college student because it's going to be hard for them. <laughs> you know her? Okay, you better pay it forward. <laughs> and the last one on this side. And that's what he said. Whenever you receive something, pay it forward. Don't hold on to it. And you go home, you can open it up there, and then ask God for three people that you can pay it forward to. And then we'll ask you next week what happened. Because we want to talk about practical how we can, as the body of Christ, give Christ outside these walls. Because the scripture we're talking about today in 2 Corinthians 8, talking about the children of the, um, the Gentiles giving back to the Jewish church, which was struggling. They didn't do it as, Paul didn't mention money. He actually mentioned it as a ministry. So when we give out to other people, it's actually a ministry that we're doing. And we're also showing the love of Christ in such a marvelous way. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting in verse 1. And we'll read all the way down to verse 7. And this is Paul talking to the Corinthians. He's bragging on the church that he's been a part of, that he helped plan. And I tried to energize them to be, have the same heart. He said, I want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God. You want to circle that? That has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy, and their extreme poverty. You know, when you put an adjective before the word poverty, that means you are really bad. It's really, you're in a bad situation. Okay? Extreme poverty have overflowed in the wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this is not as we expected, but they gave themselves to God first, to the, to first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. You want to circle that whole sentence there. Accordingly, we urge, accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything in faith and speech and knowledge and all earnestness and our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. It's amazing. Paul's talking to the Corinthian church. And he's comparing them, he's, he's bringing up another church, the Macedonian church, how they were able to give out through all the extreme circumstances they were going through. Now, the offering they were taking up, this is about Paul's second or third missionary trip. Remember we talked about in Ignite how the Jewish, with the Jews in Jerusalem, the first church was birthed, and then it spread out to Antioch. Well, during the time in Jerusalem, severe famine came and severe persecution came. So those Jewish Christians became very, very needy because they were having a hard time. And Paul decided, let me get out churches that we had planted. Since they first gave us the gospel, let's show the love and give them back the support they need. And it really was coming as a, as a uh, what I call unity, as the Gentiles were coming together with the Jews to show this is one solid church. If you're going through this, we're all going through this together. And that's what's going on. 
And this, this church was struggling. He said, well, take up an offering. And there's few things here I really want to observe when you look at the scriptures about four observations of givers of this, of this church, of Macedonian church. First, the givers gave, give what has been given to them. Number two, givers give above their ability. Number three, givers give their lives to Christ and follow his will. Number four, givers are excited and excel and excels in the grace of giving. These are four things I looked at, I um, discovered when I was going through the scripture. The first one is, givers give what has been given to them. And that's verse one and two. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches to Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and extreme poverty have overflowed in wealth of generosity on their parts. What they had received from God, the churches in that region, was a grace. Giving is, giving is a grace. And God graced their churches to give. So that what they received, because they realized it was the grace of God, they actually gave out. Because really, grace really is this. It's God's unconditional benevolence to us. Unconditional benevolence to us. So when you think about that, think about your salvation. Did we deserve it? But he unconditionally gave it to us. So that's a gift. And they realized the intrinsic value of that, being saved and knowing who Jesus is and knowing that he's our greatest provider. So we'll never run out of lack because when we were dead and buried in our sin, he was raised and he set us free. So they know the grace that they receive when you give, you're actually telling people that the God of grace and grace you is you're going to grace it out to other people. It's not about getting something back. It's a grace. So when you start flowing in that grace that's ever present, it never runs out. And the grace of God does not, is not affected by our circumstances. Because look at them, extreme poverty. Now, you can say, well, I'm broke now. Not really. Get on your computer. In fact, you can go to this city. Go on your computer and go to the food bank. And you'll see that one dollar will feed a whole family who's way below the poverty level. And they look forward to that one dollar so they can feed a family. Last time I checked, I bet you got at least 50 cents in your pocket. So you're rich because God's on your side. Practical? It is. So they give what has been given to them. They realize. Now, we look at it monetarily. We look at our blessings that because we have material things. And God doesn't look at material things because, one, you came in without, without them. You're going to leave without them. He looks at our soul. My soul is rich because Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And as Alan said, as I start to give, I reflect the Father. I start to look like him, think like him, act like him. So my outside circumstances have nothing to do with my generosity. And guys, the reason why I'm preaching this, this, this series is because things are getting a little crazy. But that's by design. 
for the church to actually rise up out of ashes and show them that God we have never runs out of anything. But it's a choice for us. So that church there, Macedonian church, was giving. Scott J. Hafferman said this. Giving to others is not planting a seed of faith that will bring even greater material dividends in return. Giving is the expression of faith itself. Here's the word, content in what God has given and will give in accordance with his own providential care. Now, this squashes all the things you heard because sometimes we can mess giving up. If you give, he'll come back to you a hundred. We, and we concentrate on that. So if you don't receive a hundredfold, a sixtyfold, a thirtyfold, a tenfold, you stop giving. And that's the wrong motivation. The only motivation is because Christ has given to me, so I give out. Now, the byproduct, if he decides to in, increase the bank account or increase the material, that is fine because as he increases, I give it out more. But it has nothing to do with my circumstances of today. Because they will change. The stock market, you see it change. 400 points, wham, they're calling you. Get your, get your, um, what, get your, um, your retirement out of there. It comes back up 300 points the next day. Don't take your money out. Really, I've never seen the money. All I know, this guy goes in my bank account once a month and goes click. I see the minus. And I see an estimate of how much it is if I cash it in, but I have never seen the money. And I remember when we cashed our, saving, our, our savings bonds in because that was going to be great for education. Didn't see that much either. Sucked it up like, there you go. It took me longer to sign it than them to spend it. 25 years of saving. We thought we were doing well. But then God continued. That's a byproduct. That's not the end product. And when you look at what Scott Hafferman said, it's about us having, being content on what we have. And I've been in, I've been in circles where they talk about the expression, we want to give because we're going to receive, and we're going to use people as projects because we're not really giving because we love them. We're giving because we want to get something out of them. It's not necessary. That, that should not be our motivation. It won't even be in this church. We give because we love God. And God, we realize what God has graced us with. That's what we call Grace Point. That's a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> and you see something that changed them when they were giving. Joy, abundance of joy. You know what the abundance of joy was? Their security in Christ. <laughs> that was amazing. And they saw even in the midst of their own poverty, they gave, which was a sign that they know how awesome God's grace is. Not how awesome I am in my bank account. Joy in circumstances. You read it all the time. Don't we read it in the Bible? That's the ones we skip over. Joy in the midst of, of trouble. Extreme poverty. Because the foundation of giving is God's grace. That's the foundation. And really, if you realize it, and it maybe happens to you sometime in worship, if you come in in a, in a state that's just been a rough week, 
it seemed like you experience God's grace and then joy comes and then you can't wait to give it away because you're just excited and really happy about God's grace and his love for us. And that's what leads from joy leads to giving. You ever seen a, a disgruntled giver? Have you ever noticed one? Right. They don't exist. You don't hear about them anyway. You only hear about the ones that are happy and friendly. Second one is this. Givers give above their ability. Verse 3. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, beyond their means. And that word means means ability. Which you look at the word ability in the Greek means power, dunamis. It was a supernatural of their own accord. And they gave freely. But God empowered them to give. And like you said, it was one of those moments. Where's it coming from? I have no idea, but we know we're going to give it. Once we commit to it, God's going to go ahead and increase it. Beyond their ability. And what he's looking at, you never notice, he's never said anything how much. Because one, it has nothing to do with how much you give. It's all about the attitude. They were going overboard because their attitude was joyful of Christ in their life. And they know who they were. They knew who they were and they know who they are today. Had nothing to do with how much you give. And we have arguments today. Do I do above or do I do below? And do I give, you know. Are you fighting with that? Are you going to have bare minimum? What's the least thing I can do? That means your heart's not right with God, not right with the church, right with God. Because every time you come to this, this church, if you're a new member, we always tell you, that is belongs to you and God. He will change your heart on that. Make sense? And really, our generosity stems from the devotion of Christ. I can't say I want to give all the time. It's my devotion to Christ that stems my generosity. Because I realized how much he gave. Do you realize God gave it all? He gave it all. And I'm not doing it to give back to him because it's impossible to give back to him. I'm giving because I'm thankful for it. And now who I'm giving to, I want them to experience the same love and grace that I experience. Because they wanted to give because it was a joy to them. And where'd they get that from? Well, I think in Hebrews it said that Jesus, with the joy set before him, you ever heard that scripture, right? The joy set before him, he's about to get beaten, about to be destroyed, killed here on earth, raised up. But we were his joy. That's why he went through it. The joy set before him was us. So when you're giving, when you're giving above and beyond, it's because the joy Truly the joy of realizing what he gave me. What cost God? Not going to cost me much. But really, I want to be with him and be just like him and be conformed into his image. And how God does that, he uses giving. Because that's where it comes in your heart. It really does. I used to be there. You know, you go to those churches. I used to Baptist churches. And they make you get up and walk down the aisle. And you didn't have a dollar. And the usher's not leaving. Go like this. And you don't stand up. You're not standing up. 
Then you say, man, you got a dollar? So we get a dollar and we have to walk up. And, and then you give a dollar, they look at you, you cheap. And then, if, then they'll count it because they'll sing. And they'll count it. And if it's education month, it's not enough. So we got to get up again. <laughs> you got another dollar because you won't leave. That was forcing compulsion. These people were giving freely, cheerfully. No one had to tell them anything. This is what they do. They want to give. Because how long does that last? Me just trying to get a dollar, skimping God, tipping God. But really, when I got a hold of God and God got a hold of me, it's all yours, Lord. You tell me what you want me to do with it. Make sense? Remember, our attitude is more important than the amounts we give. It's more important than attitude. John Piper says this. Am I, am I moving ahead? No, I am moving ahead. Number three, givers give their lives to Christ and follow his will. Verse four, begging us earnestly. How would you like to be in a church that we're begging? You're just begging us to do the offering. We don't have to come up with a five-minute speech. Y'all don't like that, do you? Y'all just rush us and say, give only us the same thing. Don't say anything. We're just going to throw it in the bucket. We ought to try that one Sunday. And I don't get so much that's going to make you stand up. <laughs> you know, when you talk about money, it gets quiet. <laughs> Begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this is not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and did the will of God to us. Remember, I just said it. It stems from the devotion to God. Now, he was comparing the Macedonian church with the Corinthian church. Now, the Corinthian church were rich in spiritual gifts. If you read about when Paul was speaking in 13, I mean, chapters 12 through 14. But it's interesting. He was asking the Corinthian church to give. The Macedonian church was begging to give. And that's what I want in my life. That I'm begging God, where can I plant? And we're getting there as a church. I'm going to leave these on the back table. These are all the thank you notes that we get from giving outside of here, outside of our church, beyond our means. I want you to read them. I get to read them. They send it to me. But I get to read them every time we do an offering uh, missions offering, or if we do a, if the if our if our um, tithes and offering are high for the month, we don't you notice we don't take up a missions offering. We actually take it from the general and then we send it out, and we don't let you know until we get to celebration. And that's the thing what God wants us to do because God is great has really richly blessed this church. Now I don't know if everyone's giving or not. I don't know. I don't look at that, but who was giving? It's God is blessed in this church. And we don't have to give an offering about a need for lights. Because we don't, you know, God does not move by needs. Because he said he'll take care of those. Yeah. <laughs> you don't worry about what you need because I already know what you need. So don't ask for it. Just go ahead and now go on the mission. Deal with the mission. And that's what you guys have really stepped up and done. And during this series, you're going to hear about some of the work we've done, you guys have done with church plants and um, things you've um, done just sitting here. One thing I learned um, when we went to Cincinnati, 
We went to it's a dream center. I had this um, I had this mindset about giving. It seemed like whenever I felt good about giving, I felt like I was helping somebody. And we went to the Dream Center, and they said, you know, we want to change our language from helping to serving. Because helping, come here, young man. Man, don't share a dress, right? Stand right there. Don't ever outdress me again, brother. <laughs> helping, that's my son, I love him. Helping is I'm leaning down to him, and I'm on top. A lot of times we take mission trips like that, and we, we feel good. Oh, we went to gave it to Africa. We helped them. And they said this, I want to have a posture of service. So we are even together. Blew me up. Thank you, sir. That blew me up. The posture of serving versus helping. So we're here as Grace Point Church, want to serve our community, not help them. Because it's on the eyes of Christ. And really, Christ didn't come help us. Christ came to serve us. <laughs> John Piper says this. The reason why, guys, they gave their life to Christ first. He said, love is the overflow of joy in God, which gladly meets the needs of others. When we get a hold of that, love is the overflow of joy in God. Even when you're serving someone else, that will keep you from thinking about, oh, I served enough. I'm sitting down. I deserve a break. Come on, somebody. When you actually, you just lost while you're doing it. It's actually, you're doing it because of the joy of the Lord. Overflowing. The love of God. You realize the love of God that it was not comfortable for him to die on the cross. It wasn't convenient, but he did it. For the joy set before him, we are his joy. So everything we want to do now is, is love. The reason why they were able to give and give their life to Christ first, they understand the love of Christ and they understand who Christ loves. And the closer you get to Christ, the more you act like and see like him and you want to be like him. And we go at Romans 8, 29, to be conformed into the image. We always go, we dance off 8, 28, Romans 8, 28. We dance. All things work together. And so the reason why it's working together, because 8, 29, I'm going to conform you into the image of Christ. And conforming is not comfortable, especially when you talk about my paycheck. It's not. Or my service. You'll know a man's heart, woman's heart. Say, can you change a diaper? Yeah. There you go. God saved me to be a preacher. Well, why don't you start with the babies? Pray over them because preaching is talking. Service. Overflow. Now, the only way you can get overflow is you spend time with them. So it's out the Overflow. And you realize what he wants. And this, this month, as we're going through this series, I want you to start looking at people differently. You'll see those in need when you go to the store, when you go to restaurants. And do something nice for them. Pay it forward. Bless them with a meal. 
But ask God to give you the eyes of Christ so you can see those. Because some of them don't even, like, the, like little Trevor said, some people don't even know they need help. That's the problem. The population right now without Jesus, they don't even think they need help. They're going to work it out. And they're going to kill themselves working it out. But see it with the eyes of Christ and have fun with it. And think about serving them. That's a challenge because we're not thinking about it. I love go to Walmart. I'm a guy. Got a list? Knock it out. Right? <laughs> he's the only one that missed it because he's single. <laughs> Next aisle. All right. Make sure Donna put the list. I hope she gives me a picture. She sends me a picture. And everyone's talking in the way. I'm like, y'all need to get out of the way because I'm on a mission. <laughs> and I, they, need, they need help. <laughs> Got to go. I don't have time for you right now, right? Hey, you're the process. No, I'm human too. Love. That's what I, I, I realize when we talk about commitment to church and people and really that is solved when we commit our lives to Christ because everything overflows out of that. You're hitting the, sometimes you're hitting the wrong environment. It should be your love for Christ that's going to overflow into generosity to other people. Something's wrong with your relationship with God. Not with the church because you really don't lead the church. You actually lead people but it's really with God. Last one is, givers are excited and excels in the grace of giving. How many are excited this morning? Yo, because it's almost over. Now you got three more weeks of this. <laughs> yeah, tennis will go down. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> I have fun with it because I know how stressful it can be. Because God messes with our hearts. He really messes with our hearts. And that's what he does. He does it very well. Because his whole idea is to be more like him. Verse 6 and 7. Accordingly, we urge Titus as he has started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. That's what it was. It was an act of ministry, an act of grace when we give out. But as you excel in everything, in faith, speech, and knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. And that's Paul in challenging the Corinthian church to act like the Macedonians. You do well with the spiritual gifts, but I want you to excel in this grace, this act of grace, this act of love, this act of service to your community and to this people. In Jerusalem, because if it wasn't for Jerusalem, you guys, you wouldn't be a church. Because they first gave us the gospel. And what you receive, give out. And really, I wrote this down. Giving is not a way of showing God how much we can do for him, but it's a way of illustrating how much he has done for us. When I give, I'm illustrating how much God has done for us. And guess what? There's no lack. So I can't say, you can give me what I... I can't say that. Salvation was free. Grace was free. Peace was free. Love, unconditional. 
And that goes with me, with me everywhere I go. The houses, the cars, where are they going to go? To someone else. Me and Ms. Don were talking. We live in a house that will pay off, that we're going to give away to our son. That's his house. So, but what we got from Jesus, from God himself, it's amazing. There's a a scripture in Acts 20, verse 35. Paul's talking about, now Paul, for Paul to speak on any type of giving and service was kind of unusual for him with the Corinthians because he had struggles with that because he would never ask for anything. But he would step up, and I don't have to be uncomfortable for him to talk to him about this subject. Because every time you hear Paul, I never asked for anything from you guys. I'm a tent maker. I made my own way. I'm not trying to live off you. And he wouldn't talk about it. But then he had to come and talk about how they were going to give up this offering to the church. And then he used a scripture in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, when he's talking about giving your life, giving it all. He said something profound. In verse 35, he says, In all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help what? The what? When you look at the word weak, in the Greek, it means needy. Those needing help. Those needing service. Change my language. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how himself said, Now, you've got to think about it. You're on a cross People betrayed you. Remember we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Your own family thought you were nuts. And you're giving your life and you're saying, I'm happy about it. It's more blessed to give than to what? That's profound. That's profound. I let that say, oh my gosh, don't you ever have an attitude of pulling out, helping somebody, serving somebody. This is something that's more blessed to give than receive. I'm giving my life. I'm happy. That word blessed means happy. Why? The joy set before him. We are his joy. We were his joy. Like the people outside of us. Food bank. Some things we're going to do this month. The garage sale. Some of the projects we're coming up with, we're going to talk about with our leaders next week. The joy set before us to share Christ. And then, guess what? They don't have to even come to church. They just got to experience Christ. And let Christ take care of the church. But all this, when you look at that scripture, I was telling the guys last week, when you look at 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 7, really five should be number one because they're only able to do that when they gave their life to Jesus first. And then they're driven by the will of God to do well. And you know how you go by the will of God. It says in Philippians 2, 13 that he is actually helping us to do it. He's working in us to be like him. So we're not doing it on our own works. We're doing it out of the act of grace that's been passed down to us. And then he helps us do it. He equips us to do it. How about you? Giving your life, think, giving your life to Christ first. Not to religion. Not to people. 
Put yourself in that spot. That moment he was going to die on the cross for us. He rises up, gives us salvation, gives us grace, forgiveness, and some grace of equipment to walk like him. Is that fair? No, that's God. How about your heart? This whole time in this series is about your heart. It's not about putting anything in the offering bucket. It's about your heart. How can you help your neighbor? How can you help that one struggling in your workplace? Extending them grace. You know what they need because they tell you every day. Don't they? Some of the people you like, I wish they'd get out of my face. Now they're telling you because they know they have it for them. Holidays are coming up. We know what happens to that. It's supposed to be a joyous occasion and things start to get a little rough. How about your heart? My prayers through this whole series that you start to see as Jesus sees. And we start to act in that fashion permanently. We're already doing it. We're already doing it. Now we're going to put feet to it. And I tell you, we have great joy when we read those cards. Because I know where some of you are. And you still did it. Because you got a, a revelation of who Jesus is. And what he has done for you. Not to give, now I want you to go home and do this out of works. I'm going to pay you back, God. You can't pay him back. He was not looking for you to pay him back. He was looking for you to spread him out. That's what he's looking for you to do. Givers. Do those four things. Put those four things up for me, brother. Give what has been given to them. God's grace. Give above their ability, their attitude. Give their lives to Christ and follow his will. Their devotion. Givers are excited and excel in the grace of giving. Their growth. Because as you get one place, God's going to challenge you in the next place. And that's fun. Because you're going to have one of those conversations with, I don't have it. He said, yeah, you do. I don't have, yeah, you don't have it now, but if you give it back. But it's not about you getting anything back. Trust me. Because there's a soul that needs to be touched. I want to preach this this four weeks because I want to go ahead and debunk, really debunk all this prosperity stuff. It leaves people broke and disheartened. And we lose our motivation for giving. And then I didn't want to put it on oxygen and make us shows out of it. And it's very downright embarrassing for Christians to get to the biblical form of giving. Not just our finances, because he never mentioned them. Our time, our talent. Then your tithe. When you don't give what God has given you, someone's missing out. Someone's missing out. 
And no one can fill that need or fill that, that service but you because God created you that way. Now, you, if you're going through circumstances, you got to learn that circumstances do not stop the grace from flowing. And it doesn't take the gifts away. But someone always has something you need. Let's pray. Every head bow. One I really want to capitalize on and really just hammer in is your devotion to God. How is your devotion to God? Does it wane because you're going through some, some pain? Or does it get stronger? Have you walked away from him while he's still walking towards you? Was playing our, our devotion to God, not the stuff of God, our heart to God. Are you going to him for talents or are you going to him for love and grace? And loving him because he first loved us, not before he gave us something. If your life is built around what you're going through right now, you're off, centered. You'll never be happy. You'll never be happy. If you put all your all your hope in a person who's going to fix you, it's not going to work. Only Christ can fix you. Your husband can't. It's not fair to him. Your wife can't. not fair to them. Your kids can't fulfill. It's not fair to them. Only Christ. How's your devotion? Has it been waning? One thing about grace. He waits for you to just tell him, Lord, I'm just, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Because really our ultimate Savior paid it forward to us. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you would say, I really need to give my life back to Christ. Because I've waned. Just stick your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? If you keep your hand up, someone's going to come by and, and um, pray with you. Just going to put their hand on your shoulder. Anybody else? Everyone's head bowed, everyone's eye closed. Anybody else? Just think about this. Gotta remember, God's not mad at you. Loves us unconditionally. All the conditions were paid by Christ. Anybody else before we start praying? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your sweet, sweet spirit. Lord, we learned 
you are an initiator of salvation, forgiveness, grace. You don't only just lavish it on us, you empower us to be more like your son, Jesus. Father, as our time, we devote our life and our time back to you. Let let's, all the circumstances we were thinking, that outside of your love and your power, we relinquish those right now in the name of Jesus. And we ask God, we ask for you to come back. Not for you to come back. We say we're coming back, excuse me. And we thank you, God, that you have never left us or forsaken us. I pray for those who raise their hands, God. I pray they experience your grace and your love and your peace in such a marvelous way. And let them know there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We thank you, God, that you left the greatest example, our Lord and Savior, of what it means to be generous. Thank you for your generous gift. Because you said in your word, you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Wow. Gave your best gift, the finest gift. And Father, we give our best back to you. Not for return, but if I ever thank you. We praise you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, won't we stand, guys? Those who receive the gift, I challenge you to, re- to pay it forward. Challenge everyone here. See different. As you're walking down the streets, as you're going to Walmart, as you're going to the bank, see different. As you're going to lunch today, see your waiters and waitresses differently. And everyone said, that's a low amen. Been hearing about y'all. But really, as you do that, you step into God's grace and you start to be more like him.